Okay, you guys ready? Why don't you stand up with me? Okay, pray with me. Jesus, we love you. And we open our hearts to your word. God, and we push away. We just, we confess, Lord, we hate religion. We hate the accuser of the brethren. Lord, we resist insecurity and self-focus and anything else that would distract us right now in Jesus' name. And we just say, this place is pure and holy. We've laid a a groundwork for you to move, Lord, and we trust you. And even, Lord, as we stand in honor of you, we just say, Lord, teach us your ways. We want to know you. We want to know you, God. We give you permission to set us free. We give you permission, Lord, to break off every bit of insecurity and fear and doubt and shame. We'd be a people of purity, oh God. So we trust you, Lord, and we receive from your word, Lord. We eat it as bread. Let it change us, oh God. Amen. Amen. Okay, thanks. John 14. Um, we, let me lay a little background work, and then we're going to dive really deep into 14, okay? Um, so November, December was just starting to pray into, you know, new year, God, what are you saying? And I kept having this picture. I, I, don't, I don't know for you how God interacts with you, but for me, sometimes he'll give these pictures. They're just kind of the, my mind's eye, and I'm like, it's peaceful. It lines up with the character of God. I think it may be him. It lines up with scripture, okay? So, so for me, there's this, there's this picture that kept going through my mind, and it was like this, I saw this hand, and I knew it was like the Holy Spirit's hand. It represented the Holy Spirit. And I saw another hand, and I, and I felt like it represented our community. And the, the view that I had was like over a shoulder, and I saw two hands like gently grab the wrist and say, you guys need to meet, and you guys need to shake hands, and eventually you need to hug, okay? Does that picture make sense? You just kind of see that a little bit? So with that, I mean, I, I still, as I pray for us and I pray for the new year, that picture just keeps going through my mind. And with that, I've just been saying, God, what are you wanting to do? And I, and I, and I feel like that from, from today until May, these next five abides, we're going to focus on the Holy Spirit, okay? We're going to focus on who he is, and then eventually we'll talk about what he does. If I were to ask each of us, hey, tell me what the, who the Holy Spirit is. I actually had this conversation with Zach the other day. It was really fun. Uh, have it with people you know in life groups or something. Say, describe the Holy Spirit. It's hard. It's challenging because the Holy Spirit is hard to understand in some respects. But as we begin to dive in the word of God, it's not going to be that hard. I think if you've grown up in church like me, then we have traditions in our life that say, Holy Spirit, oh, bad, crazy, weird. I don't want anything to do with it. Okay, come on, raise your hand. Is anyone in that room like that? Yeah, I, was, I grew up that way. I'll tell you my story in a minute. You guys are afraid. Don't be afraid. It's okay. Okay, Anna's in. Um, okay, so often when we talk about Holy Spirit, we talk about gifts. Gifts that freak us out or gifts that we're super comfortable with. Gifts that have set people free and I want to be part of that freedom are gifts that have done a work in someone's life that I don't understand and so I kind of want to pull away, okay? It's almost like there's two camps that we come into and I want to bring us into a place of unity around his word of who the Holy Spirit is. That's what I want. So we're looking at John 14 and we're going to talk about who Holy Spirit is and then in a couple months, we're going to talk about what he does. But if we think about your closest relationship, if you know them just for what they give you, it's not true love, is it? No, no, no. But if you talk about your closest friend and you're like, I love who they are. I love how they love me. I love how they love people. They're amazing. And and your heart gets filled with affection because of who they are, not what they do for you. It's actually a pretty selfish exchange of relationship if that's all we know them as. So we're not going to be those people. Okay, I love his gifts. I love what he does among us. I love the mystery of the Holy Spirit. Okay, and I'm going to share in just a minute a bit of Jenny and I's journey related to the Holy Spirit, just so you know where we're coming from, so you can't put us in a box because <laughs> you don't want to. <laughs> we're not because where where I'm coming from is I'm just hungry to know him. It is a it is a he is a part of the Godhead, the the as Francis Chan calls him the forgotten God. Okay. Um, so 
Um, there's three words, well, there's two words in a phrase you're going to hear tonight and a few other times. So I just want to lay them out for us so you can listen for them. One is tradition. Um, one is, I just forgot it. <laughs> Sorry, influence. Sorry, my brain just blipped. Tradition, influence, and then um, God's love expressed through power and mystery. Let me say it again. God's love expressed through power and mystery. Okay, those are going to be a bit of a bedrock. We're building a foundation tonight where we're going. But we're starting with who he is so we can trust him and love him. And then we'll let him do what he wants to. I mean, we're going to let him do what he wants to do now. But I think in this room, there's measures of mistrust of the Holy Spirit in most of us. And I just want to ask you tonight, if you'll be willing to say the next five months, God, I trust you, even if I don't understand. Are you willing to do that? Okay, great, thanks. I hope so. Um, so here's Jenny and I's story. So I grew up in Alaska, and I grew up in a, uh, my mom grew up Baptist in Texas, and I grew up in a um, Grace Brethren church, and my mom used to say, it's like a Baptist church, but, um, but like super laid back, because it's like Alaska style of church, right? So I grew up in, in church most of my life. If you're here tonight and you have not been to church, or if you're here tonight and you're like, man, that God, I, I don't want anything to do with church, I'm thrilled you're here. My story isn't the right story. It's just my story. In each of your stories, the Holy Spirit wants to show you who he is in your story. So for me, I grew up loving the word of God. I grew up loving the church. I grew up trusting the people around me in leadership. I memorized scripture. I just, I, I, I wanted to walk with God. I heard a lot about Jesus. I heard a lot about the Father, God the Father. I never heard about Holy Spirit, like ever. I just I heard I heard many messages about Revelation. <laughs> that was kind of a thing when I was a kid that like the, the pastor like talk about. But um, I just never heard about Holy Spirit at all, except for one time, especially the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Occasionally, I might hear Holy Spirit helps you be a better person. Like He shaves the edges off your your uh, character a little bit and helps you be softer, which is true. But there's more to Him. The only thing I heard related even to the gifts of the Spirit was um, in high school. I went last two years to a private school, and um, we were about to have a basketball game, and I walked up, and some of the cheerleaders and friends were talking, and they were talking about this girl named Carrie, who was a cheerleader as well. Everyone was friends. They weren't, like, tearing her down, but they were, they were talking about this girl, Carrie, and they were talking about when they were getting ready, and somehow they all, everyone went to different churches and different traditions, right? And uh, they were talking with Carrie, and somehow it came up about the gift of tongues. I'd never heard of the gift of anything, I just, I had no grit. I have no baggage at all for Holy Spirit, at all. So I was like, well, that's interesting. I don't even know what that means, but okay. And so they're talking and they, and the cheerleader said that they were talking to Carrie and she went to this other church across town that no one went to. It's a little different, that church, right? And Carrie's, and, and Carrie's like, well, uh, I know about speaking in tongues. And they're like, really? And she goes, yeah, it, it, Holy Spirit helps me pray. When I don't want to pray, he helps me pray. And the cheerleaders are like, no way, show us, go, you know. <laughs> Carrie's like, no, 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 no. You know, the, it was a hilarious story. It was also my mind just reeling, like, what are they talking about? Like, this is weird. I don't understand it. And, and so they go, go, Carrie, come on. And Carrie's like, no, no, no. And they go, go, come on. And they kind of pressure. And so she prayed some sentence in some other language. I don't know what it was. It was kind of like if they said, oh, you know Swahili. Can you speak in Swahili? It was the same moment. No one had a clue what she said, Okay. What she was doing, and we'll talk about this later, but uh, 1 Corinthians 14 is a prayer language. 1 Corinthians 12 is a corporate experience. And I'll tell you in a corporate experience in a minute, okay? So Carrie decided to share how she relates with God. And I was like, that's weird. <laughs> but that's fascinating. And I just kind of forgot about it, you know, until years later. Um, Jenny, on the other hand, grew up Assembly of God. Anyone in the, in the Assembly of God is in here? Come on. Yeah, come on. You guys love swinging from the rafters. And y'all are wild. Uh, okay, that was a generalization I probably shouldn't have said. Um, so Jenny grew up Assembly of God, like generational Assembly of God. And um, her experience of the Holy Spirit is like drastically opposite to mine. Like the Holy Spirit's allowed to do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, and it was orderly in a corporate setting, don't worry. But it was so different for me. And, and I remember actually the first time was one of the first times that she took me to her church in Houston. And 
big church, several hundred people. And I, we were sitting a few rows back with her parents and the pastor's preaching. I don't know what he was saying. I'm sure it was good. And all of a sudden this guy behind me goes, pastor, he's in the middle of a sermon, pastor, I got a tongue. And I'm like, what is going on? You know, like put yourself in that moment. I'm like, what is going on? And I'm, I'm like, I really like this girl, but I don't know what's happening, you know? And the pastor stops. He comes forward. He goes, brother, go ahead. And the guy spoke in some other language. I don't know what it was. And then, the, and then he sat down. And I was like, okay, now what? You know, I'm like, this is all weird to me. And the pastor goes, okay, we're going to wait for a moment. Ask God if there's an interpretation for this. And he prayed and he waited. Like probably three, four, five hundred people, something like that. And then there's like three or four people that stood up. And it was very clear. I, as I wait in the Lord, I feel like God said this. And then the next person, I feel like God said that. And then someone else. And they weren't like all in the same row in the family. And they're like comparing notes. And they're like, they were spread out. And they sensed God giving an interpretation of that other language, a heavenly language. The pastor then stepped forward and said, I feel like God's saying this. And it was something about his God's goodness. I don't remember the exact details, but it was wild that all these four people had very similar understandings. It was fascinating to me. Pastor stepped forward. And he said, all right, let's pray. We're going to respond to what God's saying right now. We took a few minutes, we prayed, and he goes, amen. And he jumped back in the sermon, <laughs> you know, <laughs> okay? So um, if that weirds you out, I love you. <laughs> Open-handed, please. I, I, I don't mean to offend, but I also feel like God's inviting us to know him better. Okay, this is Jenny's tradition I could tell you more stories, but uh, <laughs> another night. Um, <laughs> that she'd tell me, and I'm like, no way, that happened to you? You know, that's just like normal church life for her. Um, so my tradition was the Holy Spirit is the forgotten God. Her tradition was the Holy Spirit is free to do whatever he wants. And they tried to have order and structure. But we came from very different camps. And God brought us to a place in college that I'll probably tell more of this story another time, that he started to introduce himself to me and I started to trust him as part of God, as co-equal of the, the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. So each of us in this room, we have our own traditions. Traditions tell me what I experienced is wrong and I am gonna go the other way. This is the flesh response to bad experiences. I'm gonna go the other way. That's all wrong. Okay, church hurt abuse or gifts that were offensive. I don't know. But the other side is we have traditions in our life that we say that was good. And so everything else that was not in my tradition box is probably bad or wrong because I don't understand it. Does that make sense? So our traditions are our experiences and I, I, we could spend all day, all week, all year talking about everyone's traditions and start wrangling about rights and wrongs. And I just, I don't have, we don't have time for that. There's a, there's a world dying and going to hell out there. And the church fights too much. So we're not going to do that. We're going to look at the Bible and we're going to say, God, we want you to do whatever you want in our life. And he's going to transform us as he has been. If you've been a part of our community for a while, God's doing incredible things in people's lives here. Like radically set free people in this room. And there's others in this room that are, you're steeped in hidden sin and you want to be free and tonight's your night. He's doing it in us and he wants to do it more. Okay? So traditions. So I want us to hold our tradition open-handed because it, and, and just in all love, it's a bit arrogant to say my experience is right and everyone else is wrong. In all love. That's not God's best for us. His best for us is to say, God, teach us who you are. Show us who you are. Because in the reality of any church setting, because there's humans there, it's not perfect. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. This side of heaven where there are humans, every expression is going to be beautiful and amazing, and it's also going to have humanness to it. And we constantly bring back under his feet, Jesus, we want to know you more. Lead us. We want to be your bride. We want to be your church. That's where he's calling us to, okay? So traditions. The other word is influence, and you'll hear these a bunch these next few months. Okay, scripture says that we'll know a tree by its fruit. 
Some of us, or all of us in this room, we allow things to influence us. We're going to talk specifically about Holy Spirit. Our belief of who he is sometimes is very much uh, created, established in our life because of what someone has told us or what we watched on YouTube. Very rare in my experience does anyone go back and go, I have to know you, Holy Spirit. I've got to know you. Stay up at night reading the word of God. God, I have to know you. God, you want to work through my life. I want to be free. I want to be healthy. I want to be whole. I want to love people. I can't without your help, Holy Spirit. Few of us in this room are doing that. And that's got to change. And so tonight, my hope is it's probably like if you're hiking uh, South Mountain and it's hot in the middle of the summer and you're like, I forgot my water and your tongue's all dry and there's this little drip of water someone gives you. You know that feeling? Can I feel that? Hopefully no one has that feeling, but can you feel what I'm talking about? I'm hoping tonight is just a drip on your tongue. That we go, God, I'm in. I want to know you not as a forgotten God, a mistrusted part of the Godhead. I want to know you as my friend, my comforter, my healer, my restorer. I want to know you as a part of the, the Godhead that is on this planet and in my life if I know have you in my life. That's what we're after. So influence matters. So years ago, when we moved overseas, um, someone gave us a CD of a church in America, and they're like, you should listen to this. So we had a VW Golf. We called it a combi. It was like a station wagon. It was sweet for my family. Kinley loves it. She grew up in that car. Had a CD player. We were loving it. And we listened to this teaching, and I remember going, biblically grounded, great communicator, yeah, yeah, like challenged, drawn into God. But I was like, the stories this person's telling about what's happening in his people's church, in his people in his church, were blowing my mind. It was like the book of Acts was being lived out through these people. And I'm like, what is this? And we tasted of some of that in our early years when we were part of Antioch and helping to get planted. But it just awakened us. And so Jenny and I, in that season of life, we just said, we will let these people influence us. Why? Because we know a tree by its fruit. So we said the fruit of this church and these people looks like Jesus more than me. So we will eat of that fruit. They're human. There's probably plenty of YouTube things that are tell you that it's a terrible place, but I don't care as much. I see Jesus in that, in that place and I'm like, I want what's in there. I want that in my life. So I'll do what I need to do to receive. Okay, does that make sense? So influence matters, okay? All right, you guys ready? That's my foundation. That's our basis. Tradition, we're going to live open-handedly. Influence, we're going to make sure to let things influence us, places, people influence us, that we see the fruit of God in their lives and we want what they have, okay? It's not helpful to watch the next YouTube thing of if, uh, let's say this. <laughs> Sorry, be careful. Uh, no, I want to be careful. Um, um, there are, there, are, there are people in, on, on YouTube or Instagram, whatever, that speak with great authority. But if you start to listen to the subtleties of what they're saying, it's routed in criticism and accusation. Who speaks those languages? The devil. God doesn't. He calls his bride beautiful even when we're a mess. He gives us more of himself if we're hungry for him. That's who he is, and that's who we are. So just, I caution you, if there's a tone about, watch this church, it's the Antichrist, I don't know. I just, oh, sorry, there's so much to balance there. <laughs> Ask the Holy Spirit. If, if you start to watch something, you're like, and you're like, I don't know, don't do it. Don't do it. Go back to the word and go, purity of the word. If this is true, then I want it in my life. Every single bit of it. Even like, um, you guys know that story in the Old Testament about the axe head that floated? That's weird. Has anyone seen blind eyes opened? You know the story about the lady that had 11 years of bleeding and had spent all of her money and couldn't do anything and she touched the back of Jesus' cloak and she was instantly healed. Surrounded by thousands of people, one woman was hungry. Have you seen that in your life yet? I haven't. The list is long of what's in here that we don't see. And I'm desperate for it, not because I want to be odd, 
but because they want to see his glory displayed. Right? You guys with me? But it doesn't take me coming up here and saying it necessarily. Me, it's, it's, I'm, I'm saying, I want to invite us on a journey. We go for it together. And what if we start, what if, what if, just, just, um, what if you said every day, God, I want to see blind eyes healed because it's in your word. Every day. God, I want to see it. What if you started saying every night before bed, God, I want to have dreams from you. Can you give me your heavenly dreams? It's in the Bible. Okay, fill in the blank. But what if we start, Paul said, eagerly desire everything of God. What if we eagerly desire all these things? Okay, that was just like the beginning. Okay, you guys ready? So John 14, you ready? Here's the backdrop. Um, Passover just happened. And um, so all of these men and women had given up everything, family, homes, money, jobs to go with this man, this God man that was so different, said, I'm going to walk with you. They gave up everything for him. You know, I was thinking the other day, I was like, I wonder if they ever went, what have I done? You guys ever wonder that? <laughs> Every day. <laughs> well, what about us? I mean, and just real, really here for all of us, I bet there are days where, some of, where we go, what have I done? <laughs> Why have I moved to Arizona in the middle of the summer? But God called me. And so I go, right? We follow the God man, right? That's our story. We had a happy life in Portugal, loved what he's doing. And God said, it's time to go. And we said, yes, sir. And here we are. And we're learning to love it. So, okay, I'm done. Um, So this is the backdrop. Jesus is washing their feet and he's talking with them and he's loving on them and they've given up everything. And they're like, oh, he's with me till the end. And then Jesus says, hey, by the way, I'm leaving. I'm dying. I'm giving up my life. This is the context right before John 14. So for a minute, think for a minute, guys. Just think what they're feeling in that moment. It's a very intimate moment that Jesus just, it said, the Bible says that he took off his outer cloak. He said because he knew who he was and where he was going, he took off his outer cloak, got on his hands and feet and washed their feet. Very intimate exchange of life. And then he goes, oh, by the way, I'm leaving can you, can you just feel that moment that they're experiencing? They're like, what? Maybe if we could encapsulate in one word, it's aloneness. You're kidding me. I give everything for you, now you're leaving me? I'm so alone. It's probably what they were starting to feel, <clears throat> sinking deep inside their hearts, right? Okay, verse one. Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If, it weren't, if that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you, may, that you also may be where, where I am. Okay, you know the way to the place where I am going. Okay, let's pause for a minute. There's a bridal paradigm here. Verse two and three. When Jesus is talking to them and he said, hey, I'm going to prepare a place for you, they understood culturally because husbands or men that came to marry wives, they would come, they'd come into the, the father would approve of it and they'd say, great, I'm coming back in months from now. I'm going to go prepare a place for us. The wife, the, the wife-to-be is waiting for the husband-to-be to come back for months at a time, but he is all along preparing a place mindful of her and them. He's creating a space knowing what will come. Jesus is saying here, hey, I'm leaving, but don't worry. I have you in mind. Don't worry, you're not alone. And some of you tonight need to hear that. Not only hear it, but actually say, I I actually need that, God. You're not alone. You're not alone. Everything in our life, he's mindful of our good, even when it really really, really hurts because he's a good God, okay? Verse one is the thesis or the bookend, if you will, of this whole chapter. It says, don't let your hearts be troubled, okay? The word troubled there could be explained like anxiety, worry, fear, doubt, aloneness, hopelessness, 
Don't let your heart experience these things in this moment. Think about troubled seas. It's the same kind of deal. Have you ever been to the ocean and there's a storm raging? Actually, our other, my other daughter and I, Maya, went to, for her senior trip, she and I went to Oregon last summer. Loved it. Beautiful place. But we took a kite out to fly one day to the beach, and there was a storm, and it was crazy. And the waves were nuts. The waves were, it was a troubled storm, a troubled sea. You guys ever seen the ocean where there's, a, where there's a storm and it's like, you ever feel that in your soul? Oh, God, I can't stop. It's troubled. Jesus is saying, don't let your hearts be that way. Okay? So first point is important. The word let's huge here. That means it's a choice that I have. Okay, someone knocks on your front door. You can either let them in or you could not, right? The Amazon man that rings your doorbell and leaves, I don't go open the door. I'm not gonna let him in. But a friend that comes to the door, I'm gonna let them in. The word let here, Jesus is almost talking about our hearts. He's like, you don't have to allow anxiety and worry and fear to come in. Now, if you're like me, I'm a feeler. Jenny's has wonderful feelings, but she's more of the thinker side of things, okay? Any feelers in the room? Come on, come on, man. I know there are men in this room that feel this. Come on, okay? If you're like me, when that anxiety thing comes knocking, I'm like, I feel it. It's real. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about? Come on. Okay, come on. I, yes. And I have to consciously roll back to this and many other scriptures to go, wait, I can allow it in or I cannot. This is Jesus' words, not mine. Don't let your hearts be troubled. And then he's going to explain why. Okay. So for some of us, 2024 can be a year where you don't let anxiety rule ever again. Okay. I, I, I understand chemicals and I don't fully understand, but medicine and all that, there's all the sides to that. But I, do, I just in general, I just want to say, God, is there a way out if that is your plight? Ask him, wonder, dream. God, could I really be free from this? Because it feels so real and gripping. Don't let your hearts be troubled. And then he's going to tell us how and why. And it's beautiful. I love it. Um, okay, we're going to jump down to verse 11. Okay, so pause real quick. We were just talking there. I just want to make sure we don't miss it about aloneness. We were talking about Jesus saying, there's a way out of aloneness. If you're single in this room, you understand aloneness. I'd like to say after 25 years of marriage, there are times in our marriage where I understand aloneness too, and probably Jenny as well. Marriage doesn't solve aloneness. It just changes the dynamic a little bit. And I'm not making light of being single. I hope you don't hear that. But I just want to say, this aloneness deal is huge, and it can grip our hearts, and it can cause our affections to pull away from him. And Jesus is like, I got a solution for you. And it's hidden in me, the Holy Spirit. So Thomas goes, so Jesus, you know, at the end of that, he goes, hey, Jesus, I'm going away. And Thomas is like, wait, 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 where are you going? Hold on. I don't know the way. What are you talking about? And then Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Beautiful salvation scripture. And he says, I'll, I'll, I'm going to the Father. And then, and then Peter or Philip's like, well, wait, 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 hold on. Show us the Father, and then we'll believe you. He's like, prove yourself. Who's this father you're talking about? And then verse 9 and 10 is a wonderful one to read tonight before bed. It talks about the, the son and the father and their, their Trinitarian relationship. Then he brings in the Holy Spirit to complete the three. It's beautiful. But 9 and 10, Jesus is talking about this relationship where father's like, look at my son. And, and Jesus is like, look at the father. They're just out to glorify each other because they are the Godhead. They have distinctive purposes in our life but they're worth our affections and our trust, okay? And, and as we, we get farther into um, here, just a second, talk about the Holy Spirit. I, I, I forget to mention this earlier. I think this metaphor might help us. If I had a huge diamond in my hand and it was like chiseled, but it was really big, and I went, look at this diamond, you probably would go, wow, what does that cost? How is that made? That's amazing. Must be someone else's. <laughs> Okay? 
But God, in a way, and what I'm hoping to do is that the next five months, we hold up the Holy Spirit like a diamond. Priceless. We can't figure out how he's made. We certainly won't try to control him. But I'm going to shine a light in one area, and you'll go, wow. We'll go, oh, no way. That's amazing. And then we'll turn it, and there's another facet, and there's another facet, and there's another facet of who the Holy Spirit is. We can't control him by trying to describe him. It's like my conversation with Zach, where Zach was like, he's like beautiful, and he's like, I don't understand him. And he's like, I think he said, like, it's walking into a, did you say meadow? Remember that? He kind of like, okay. <laughs> he had too much coffee in that moment, probably. But he, so Zach had a few different descriptions. He's like, it's almost like he was taking that diamond and going, he's like this, he's like that. And then he goes, it's almost like for me, when I walk into, I think he said a meadow or something, and he goes, and I just go, wow, this is beautiful. And that fresh, crisp air, that's who the Holy Spirit is. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm not going to try to control him. We can't. But if we can understand him and love him for as much as we understand and as much mystery as he provides, then we're going to be a transformed people. Okay? So turn in the diamond. Okay. Ready? Verse 11. Jesus here. This is the second point. Believe me when I say that I am, I am, okay, I'm starting over. I'm getting a little worked up. I'm excited about the Holy Spirit. Sorry. Here we go. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe in the evidence of the works themselves. Very tr truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name. I'm going to do it. It's amazing. Remember that phrase I mentioned earlier? His love expressed through power and mystery. Jesus used the descriptor here of works. And he actually, he, he, if you look at these, let me read verse 11 again, that'll help. Verse 11, ready? Believe in me, when I say that I'm going to the Father and the Father's in me, or at least believe in the, on the evidence of the works themselves. He said the word believe twice. Our faith, our belief system, everyone in this room, there are days when you're like, ah, it's hard to believe. It's okay. And there are days where you're like, I'm in God, whatever you got for me, you know? And if you're in this room and you don't, you're like, I don't know about this Jesus thing. I certainly know about this church thing. You have a belief as well. So we're all approaching the same Jesus with the same longing and created with this God-sized hole in our heart just to know him. So when Jesus says, this is, this is what I want us to catch. Believe in me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father's in me. Or at least believe in the evidence of the works themselves. Okay. Where do the gifts, where do the works of the Holy Spirit, where do the like, Spirit does this or that in our life? He changes us. He brings the fruit more in our life. It fits with works. Jesus is like, okay, they, these guys gave up everything. Remember this? They walked with Jesus. And he says, and Jesus is like, believe my words. But if you don't believe my words, believe all of this that affirms that's true. The Holy Spirit is a demonstrator of the works of God on this planet to authenticate the word of God. And we're going to go just a minute. We're going to go a bunch of like probably eight or nine scriptures that are very clear about who the Holy Spirit is and what he does. But I want to catch this first because I don't want to miss it. The works of the Holy Spirit is the love of God expressed through power and mystery. Power says something just happened and I don't know how. It's beyond me. It's Holy Spirit. Mystery says, I think I just did something and that's weird. <laughs> I don't understand it. It doesn't fit in my tradition. Can we go there? Doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means I don't understand it yet. We're going to read in a minute, the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. So what do we do with the, I don't understand what you just did, God? We go back and we say, God, I privately with him. We don't go and fuss at our friends and ask for their opinions and all that. We go before God and we go, God, why did that happen? I don't understand why this happened to me. It doesn't make sense to me. I know you're good, but I don't know if you're good right now. 
And I promise you, he's not going to be offended and he's not going to leave. Because the authentic communication of hunger of a child draws him near. There are days, there are weeks, there are years where all of us will go, that doesn't make sense. And it's not right. And we have to go back and go, God, I can't believe your words right now, but your works. Jesus, Holy Spirit, help me understand. Comfort me. There are, there are some things in our lives, we could all tell stories. I've just been on the planet longer than most of you, so I could tell more stories. But we could all tell really sad, hard stories in life. And there are, there, I remember a while back, I was like, God, it was one of those times. It's just me in our guest room downstairs, and it was late at night. And I was like, God, I don't get this. We were missionaries. I've given my life for you. You know, we've committed our kids to you. We did it. God, I don't understand why. And you know what I felt like he said? It was a very peaceful, comforting word. He said, I don't have to explain myself to you, but I'm with you. And I said, all right, that's all I needed. And for me, I turned and I said, I'm just going to, I stood up, I raised my hand. I just said, I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to trust you. And I don't understand. Some of us need that kind of life where you give up sleep to meet with God, where you give up time with friends, where you give up food and you say, I'm going to fast for these days and I'm going to pray and seek God's face, where you give up something to meet with him. If we live with questions without giving up anything, we're going to live with questions and our heart will become bitter and mistrusting. But if we have a life that says, God, I don't understand because life will have pain and I'm going to go to him then it's going to make sense, okay? So the works of God, you're going to hear this phrase a bunch. It's the what? It's the love of God. Express, come on, help me, come on. Tess, you got it. No, you are, Tess wasn't listening. No, I'm just kidding, it's okay. That was just a joke, Tess, you're awesome. Uh, It's the love of God expressed in his power and his mystery. The love of God expressed in his power in his mystery, there are plenty of things that Jesus says, if you need your belief to get deepened, my fertilizer is my works. The fertilizer of strength, deepening your roots, strengthening your walk with me, is the mystery and the power of God that can expressed through the Holy Spirit, the works of God. Okay? We good? All right. So, if your tradition doesn't make allowance for, like mine, the works of God, besides just be a nicer person in life and keep making money and getting better jobs, and never affect the, the, the lostness of the world around me, I had to repent for that. And I had to say, I'm not that person anymore. And if your tradition, uh, your tradition doesn't make allowance for that, a life of power that affirms the voice of God then maybe it's time to start there with him tonight. Just say, God, I don't know, but I'm willing to follow you. Okay? All right. You guys ready to stand up for just a second? Just shake for just a second. We're almost there. Just stand up for just a second. Ryan, come here. Lead us, lead us in a like, Holy Spirit calisthenics for a minute. This is Ryan Anderson. If you know him, you love him. Come on, Ryan. Come on, shake it. Come on, shake it, Ryan! (laughs) All right, we're good. Thank you, Ryan. Anyone else in here glad I didn't call you up to do that? Like, I knew he was the man of the moment, Ryan. You got it. (laughs) Awesome. Um, All right, here's what we're going to do to finish up tonight. We're going to go 15 through 19. 26, 27. We're jumping around 14. Feel free to read all of it a lot. But it just, there's a couple points I feel like God's wanting us to take a hold of. That's why we're going there, okay? 15 through 19, 26, 27. I'm going to read all of it, then we're going to go back. Because what's about to happen is we're going to see a number of different descriptors of who the Holy Spirit is. I'm going to take a moment to try to describe and apply for just a second. But what I need for all of us is that there's maybe, I don't know, a dozen or more. I, I, I need for all of us to say, that's what I need from the Holy Spirit. That's who I need him to be in my life. And so I am going to eagerly desire that 
part of who he is. Okay? We're getting to know him as the Godhead before we ever talk about the works. Because we have to know the one that gives us this love. Okay? 15. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The, word cannot accept, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me because I live, you also live. Jump down to 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I've said to you. Peace, I leave you. <laughs> so good. The peace I give you. I don't give, as, I don't give to you as the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled. And don't be afraid. You guys see the other side of the book in there? Don't let your heart be troubled. In between the bookends is how we don't let our hearts be troubled. It's better yet, it's who helps us not let our hearts be troubled. Okay, so let's go back to 15. Excuse me. Um, 16. <clears throat> and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. Okay, uh, Judy, you got that first one? Okay, so these three descriptors of the Holy Spirit in this verse and a half, the advocate, the helper, the spirit of truth. Let's go backwards. The spirit of truth is the spirit that tells us truth. So, I know, I know, hold on. It gets even better, hold on. Um, some of us, some of you, some of your friends, at times are afraid of the Holy Spirit because you might think you're gonna get deceived. If we don't wanna let fear guide our lives and control our relationship with God, right? That sounds gross. Fear, control our relationship with God. We don't want fear to do that. Let's let the spirit of truth lead us into all truth. See that, Sharika? I brought it back. <laughs> um, okay. The spirit of truth is the Holy Spirit that leads us into truth. He helps us in truth. So something happens or you read something in the word or you experience something or you have a dream that you think was from God and you write it down and you're like, Holy Spirit, what's truth here? And be sensitive to fear. I won't let fear put a wedge in my relationship with God. We can't, but we can, but we can't. We don't want to, right? So the spirit of truth sets us free from every lie. We don't have to govern. You guys know that term? Govern is like the, well, I worked at a golf course when I was in high school and, and I gave out the uh, golf carts and there was this one guy that knew how to put a, um, he opened the thing to, to the little like motor and he put a golf tee in the governor. I don't even know where it was, but it like made it go as fast as we could want it to go. It's crazy. I never, he never told me his trick, but it was fun to drive his golf course that he would doctor up. Okay. The Holy Spirit is like our governor. The Holy Spirit is the one that it, it, with our will coming together to say, the spirit of truth, help me. I don't understand. And we're like, this accelerates my relationship with him. This moves me forward in him. This sets me free. The sin patterns that some of us in this room, I know there are some of us in this room that have done things in the last week or two that we wish we never would have done. And if anyone knew, and shame just sits right there in the corner and you're trying so hard to be free. And I get it. But if we want to be free, we got to go to the spirit of truth because he's not going to say, you know what's right or wrong, stop it. He's going to say, come on, I'll help you. I'll do it with you this time. You've been trying all your life and you can't get free. Why don't we try a different way this time? The spirit of truth walks us into freedom, okay? The helper, right? We can trust the spirit of God. He's gonna help us. That's pretty self-explanatory. Um, the advocate, because it says a couple times here um, that Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as the advocate. So that word has several different meanings and Nathan knows how to say it in a cool way. Do you know how to say it? Per, 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 per. Yeah, that guy. 
Way to go. I, I've heard people say paraclete. So that's a terrible, it's not Greek <laughs> at all. So I'm not even gonna say it. Um, so that word in Greek, it actually has a different meanings, one of which is the advocate, like think of a, um, a lawyer. The lawyer stands between the accuser and the one accused and he says, leave him alone. He's mine. That's the Holy Spirit. When you feel shame coming in and knocking on your door and did you know what I did yesterday or last week or last year? Go, Spirit of God, come on and be my advocate. Stand between me and the accuser. I don't want it anymore. We lived in Portugal for 11 years. The Portuguese word for lawyer is, Kinley, do you remember? Advogado. Sorry, she doesn't like to be sorry. Embarrassed you. Yeah. Uh, the Portuguese word for, for lawyers, advogado. Advocate. Okay? There's another understanding of this word that I want us to highlight for a minute. So think of the backdrop of this scripture. The guys are like, the men and women are like, I gave up everything. What's going on? You're leaving us, you know? And because every day Jesus is there. And when he goes off to get like food or something, he's like, where'd he go? You know, and they're kind of just aimless because they give up everything for this God man. Another just understanding of that word is one that looks exactly like, an exact representation. So when Jesus later in scripture says, it's better I go away because the advocate, the, the advocate, <laughs> so the Portuguese word, the advocate comes Another way of saying, it's better I go away because there's an exact representation of me that's going to walk with you. And now the difference is Jesus is to one place on this earth, and now this Holy Spirit is everywhere. In fact, Scripture promises he searches the earth to find out whose hearts are fully committed to him, to strengthen them, and to show him his glory. It's awesome. Okay, so verse 16, you guys got that? So what we're going to do is we're going to go through these, and we're going to see a list on the screen. And we're going to take a few minutes to say, God, I want to know you that way. So even as I'm talking about here, maybe you need the Holy Spirit to be your advocate, to stand between you and all that shame. I don't know what you need, but he does. Okay, you guys ready? Next one. Verse 18. Okay, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. All right, so the Holy Spirit is a great adopter. He's the one, Jesus, remember, he's leaving, and this context is, this is the Holy Spirit. Let me, let me turn the diamond so you could see all, as much as I can about him. And he goes, you're going to feel like orphans, but you don't have to. There's someone, there's a spirit of God that is coming as the great adopter to live in your heart and know that you're not alone. If we have, if you might've heard the term um, orphan spirit, Devin knows that. God set him free. He's an amazing man, free man. So it's a term that's used that, I don't know, there's probably a better term, I don't know, but it's like to, to live a life always feeling like I'm one step away from breakthrough. Always feeling like if I had someone on my side, I'd be better. Always feeling like I need someone to defend me and someone's not quite there. So I gotta pull up my bootstraps. I gotta get strong. I gotta defend myself. That's the orphan belief system. I'm alone and no one else will do it but me. Jesus says the great adopter is coming. The one that takes away your orphanness. And it's a point of salvation. He comes and makes his home in us. And it's a point of a lifetime of adoption. So if there's times this aloneness thing that's happening with these disciples in this context, and you like going to bed tonight and you're like, you just feel aloneness sit on you? What if you say, come on, Holy Spirit, I need you to adopt me right now. What does this mean? Because my heart feels alone, okay? All right, verse 19. There we are. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live, you also live, okay? The Holy Spirit is one that helps us see and helps us live. If there's things in your life you're not sure what to do about the future, about your relationships, about what just happened at Christmas and you wish it wouldn't have, you're like, I don't know what to do and I can't see beyond the pain. Holy Spirit is the one that helps us see. So ask him, Holy Spirit, what do you see in this situation that I don't? Or if you have a coworker or a roommate 
or a friend or a neighbor that you're like, oh, I just wish I could spend every minute away from them. <laughs> we all laugh knowingly. Come on. Okay. Um, if you have someone in your life like that now, probably not, but you might. The Holy Spirit helps us see how God sees them. And so instead of running through the, the reel of accusation and things that are said and the pain that was caused, what if instead you go, I'm not going there anymore. Holy Spirit, how do you see them? And you ask the question and you're right and serious until he actually says, I love them and they're mine. And they're broken people and you feel his compassion and now you can love. He helps us see. He helps us live. This is probably understood a lot of different ways, but for me, the one thing I want to mention is um, um, depression. Okay, I, I had a time in my life that looked really dark and horrible, and God has set me free. So I'm not speaking in it right now from like outside looking in. I understand the depth of the darkness at times. The Holy Spirit helps us live, though. And if you've struggled with depression, and I, and I understand there's chemical imbalances as well at play, it's also there's something spiritual that happens. Deeper inside that depressive moments is actually hopelessness. It's actually fear. It's actually pain that was caused to you, okay? And, and there needs to be clinical help and things like that at different times, but I also want to say the Spirit of God helps us live. And you know if you struggle with depression, you know what it feels like where you're like, uh-oh, here I go and I can't stop. I hate this feeling. I'm going to go hide in my bed for two days and then I'll somehow feel better, okay? If you've experienced it, you know what I'm talking about. The Holy Spirit helps us live. What if when you start to feel that, you stop and you go, Holy Spirit, help. I want to live right now. I don't want to die in my soul. I don't want to give this. I need help. And what if instead of just going, well, here I go, I'm kind of like acquiesce to it. What if we go, God, I need help. You call a friend that loves Jesus and you go, I need that Holy Spirit as the one that helps me live right now. Can you just pray for me? Can you check on me? I don't want to go down that pit again. He helps us live. Okay. Three more verses real fast. John 20, or excuse me, 14, 20. On that day you will, um, on that day you will realize that I am in the Father and that you are in me and I am in you. Okay. Uh, that verse is kind of confusing. Are are there verses you've read in the Bible that are confusing at times? Oh, yeah. Okay, come on. You guys with me? Okay, yes. So there there is a lot of life that is confusing. I I just wanted to capture this because Jesus is like, there's, there's this Trinitarian relationship we got going on, the Father and I. But instead, when I read it as a human, I'm like, I don't get it. He's the one that helps me understand. Okay, so this is a loose interpretation of that verse for me, but I just wanted to catch it because there are times where we feel confused or can't understand something. And the Holy Spirit wants to help us understand something, but we have to ask. We have to invite him into it. Okay, 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I've said. Hey, there's a bunch in there, and you can see it on the screen. Almost, Drew. There it goes, okay? The advocate, the Holy Spirit. So pause, Holy Spirit. If you're struggling with with impurity, if you're struggling with sexual sin, he's the one that's holy enough to set us free. We need his help. Get honest with him. God, I need help right now. I just want to watch that movie. I want to check on that. It's the sexual sin out there. He's the one that is holy and pure, not to reject us or malign us when we struggle, but to draw us close and and help us experience his holiness. So we don't have to go to the false comforts, okay? He's commissioned by the Father. Jesus said, I'm sending him to you. So the Father's commissioning the Holy Spirit. He teaches us all things. If you're not sure what this says, ask him. Okay, most mornings I open my Bible. All, every morning I open my Bible. Most mornings I will say, Holy Spirit, help me understand what you're saying in this word. And then I'll start to read and I feast. 
hey? And the last one is he reminds me of all things. If you ever been to discipleship school, you understand this verse. It's like nine months of study and books and teachings. And the discipleship school is awesome. And I hope everyone can do it. But it's overwhelming how much information. He reminds us of everything. There are things we did discipleship school 20-ish years ago. And there are things that God brings to mind I hadn't thought about in years that was at the discipleship school. Because the Holy Spirit reminds us of all things. That good? So we don't have to worry about getting all the truth right and all that stuff. We just have to say, God, what's for me today to feast on? And you'll remind me down the road what I need to know. Yeah. All right. Last one. Ready? This is, the, this is a huge one. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled and don't be afraid. So the whole context here is Holy Spirit. So help me understand. Jesus says, my peace I give you. Who's he saying he's leaving? Holy Spirit. So Jesus' peace is Holy Spirit. Jesus' peace on this earth is Holy Spirit. He was accused. He was beaten. He was rejected. He was starving. He didn't have a job. He didn't have a home. He left his family. Name it. Whatever Jesus experienced, we've experienced. And he experienced true peace because the Spirit of God, he allowed to lead him. Holy Spirit is peace. And that may be for you, one descriptor, one of the facets of the Holy Spirit. We turn and you're like, I need peace this week. Okay. Okay. So Drew's going to put this list up on the screen. Why does everyone stand up? Do you mind? Okay. So all of these things are different facets of Holy Spirit. And every one of them is available to you and to me. The question is, right now, how are we going to respond? And tomorrow and next week and next month, are we still going to stay on this until we receive this from him? We don't want to be a people who receive the word, but don't change us. And we can only receive the word and let it change us if we actually let it digest inside of us. And it takes time, effort, focus, receiving from him. All right, so if everyone, we're going to just go a couple more minutes here, okay? If you could look at that list just between you and God, who do you need to know the Holy Spirit as now? Maybe there's a situation. Maybe there's a family situation. Maybe if you're married, it's something with your spouse, finances. I don't know. Who do you need him? Who do you need to know him to be? And when you, when you have that, what I want to invite us to do is just to close our eyes and start asking him, just you and God. And you're welcome to spread out if you need to. You need to kind of get out of the row and make some space. Okay, but it can look like this. Lord, I need to know you as my adopter. Holy Spirit, would you help me? Okay, so the band's just going to play quietly for just a few minutes and I just want to give us time to respond to him. Who do you need him to be in your life? funny. Sorry. I didn't know that would happen. Keep going. (laughs) The Bible calls the Holy Spirit water. So that was just a metaphor. No, okay. (laughs) Back at it.
just take a couple minutes. If you could um, turn to someone that's next to you that you know, um, and just take a moment to say, this is who I need the Holy Spirit to be in my life right now. And then pray it for them. And then exchange it. You share that, okay? So if you could just grab someone next to you. If you don't know the person next to you, introduce yourself, or we can find someone that that you know, (laughs) okay?